Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Back to the TARDIS podcast, the podcast where we take a look at every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. I'm Skylar. And coming at you live, it's the liggity liggity licker. I'm here to lick that ass, motherfuckers. Just kidding, it's your boy Avery. You're getting more extravagant every week, and I'm trying to figure out what the logical endpoint for this is. I'm just gonna scream for like 20 seconds. <laughs> just ah! <laughs> That's gonna be some Fair spicy enough. editing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I would add like so many effects onto that, dude. Anyways, uh, this week we are covering. Uh, series 2 episodes 12 and 13 Army of Ghosts and Doomsday by ya boy, our boy everybody's boy Russell T. Davies Uh, this is the series 2 finale and the last episode to feature Rose as a major main character um and is also much publicized for the fact that it's like the one real showdown between the Daleks and the Cybermen, except not really. They're just kinda there. Like like they like it is a story that features both Daleks and Cybermen and they interact for all of ten minutes. They're pretty good ten minutes though, I won't. No, lie. yeah, no, they're they're good. It's, it's just, I feel like, in many ways, this episode, I mean, this story has a lot of good ideas that are kind of trampled by the fact that it has so much that it has to do because it's a season finale and it's a companion departure episode. So, like, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of busy, I won't lie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um... So, I guess, uh, in terms of setup, this is one of the, actually, I think right here, this is one of the, uh, the themes that is interesting, but they don't spend enough time on, which is introducing the, the whole, the whole ghosts idea of how, like, you know, these ghostly apparitions have started appearing all over the planet and everybody's treating them like they're harmless and like they're they're the ghosts of loved ones past and it's literally just all humans projecting onto these apparitions and i think that's a really cool idea and it is way too cool to just be like the setup in the first 15 minutes of this story and then ignored for the rest of this for the rest of the runtime yeah okay like, i'm gonna this okay. this is an hour and a half worth of television possibly even more because i think doomsday runs a little bit longer and this is a really cool idea that only shows up at the very beginning of it yeah like um very much just like straight off of that this gives me the same like it feels like this season ended where it starts where it just has episodes we're just like it really runs with the and then sort of thing where they just like keeps tacking shit on like to each part like you you get this like interesting setup and then it goes in a totally different direction and then it goes in a totally different direction and then it goes in a totally different direction and it feels like you sort of got like four parts of different stories and just jam them together 
<laughs> yeah. To kind of go off of what you said, Jeff, when I was rewatching the beginning of this, I couldn't help but be reminded of, um, I think it's called The Power of Three, just in the sense of, like, yeah. we see these, like, strange, the, yeah, cubes, um, and Yo. we see kind of like a... I don't know. It, it it's like a montage basically, but like people have grown accustomed to it, but you kind of see the process of how that happens a little bit more than just like, oh, the doctor and companion arrive back on Earth. This totally alien thing to them is normal to everyone else. It's a good reversal, but not a lot of is done with it or as much that could be done with it. Yeah. Um and and yeah. It, it, yeah, it's just like, well, this is a really cool setup. This would have been a really cool, like, more mid-season episode that maybe if it explored a little bit more on that themes, but it's literally just the Doctor's like, come on, Jackie, they're not real. You're very clearly um, uh, imprinting or, or uh, what's the word? Projecting. Projecting, yes. You're clearly just projecting onto this blank slate, and then they're just like, okay, and then they move on for the next hour and ten minutes of the episode. <laughs> so they're just, fuck you, Jackie. Alright, getting on with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um... One thing I will say uh, is that while... There is, there is some things where it's like, I feel like this scene should have been a little bit earlier on in the season but whatever but like you know the scenes where rose is coming home to is is coming home and like briefly visiting and jackie's very clearly worried about how long she's going to keep doing this and rose is just like well i'll just keep doing this forever because rose is a shitty person <laughs> yeah it would have been nice to see more of a follow-through like, yeah no, well, the, the thing that I was thinking of, and we are getting slightly ahead of, of where we were, but we, we've, we've, we've been going for a bit more of a nonlinear discussion recently anyways. Um, the, the scene where Rose and Jackie are talking and she's in the TARDIS and she's like, well, you're starting, you're starting to be like him. What's going to happen when there's nothing keeping you coming home? Who will you become then? That's cool. It would have been nice if it was placed a little bit earlier on in the season and the season actually played a little bit more into that as opposed to Rose kind of just being inoffensive because she's just there. Like, set this shit up, dog. This would have been really cool. Yeah, it's like, and this is, again, kind of time jumping, but we see ten and rose like super comfortable with with each other we i argue that we see ten probably at his most content and human like um yeah basically until like he starts becoming bffs with donna but like he's really happy here and it's because they like just click now and i feel like there's so little of that through the season that like while i believe it and while it's in my head canon that like oh yeah this is this is the rose and doctor in a nutshell the season didn't really do a good job of, like, yeah. consistently building that. It's just more, like, moments, and then sometimes she's there, and sometimes she's not, and the Doctor gets angsty. And I'm just like, this could have been really good. It's still solid, but, yeah. Um, 
Anyways, meanwhile, it's 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 explained that uh, the ghosts are appearing because Torchwood, which is situated in Canary Wharf, which I believe is a large skyscraper in London. Our our British correspondent Emma will probably confirm, but I yeah, it's it's like a fairly recognizable landmark. Like not like maybe like the Empire State Building, but like 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 Willis Tower in Chicago. Like like recognizable skyscraper landmark. Um, also, I like, again, the episode goes into, like, this amount of world building where he's flipping through the TV and it's got all the ghost stuff on, and that's all, like, really cool. But they abandon that shit so quickly. Like, it's barely, they barely even bother. Yeah, there's, like, not a lot to this section. It's basically, like, hey, here's this cool idea. Get it? Got it? All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on. And even, like, when you get to Torchwood and he's talking about more about the the ghost stuff, even then, like, some of the attention is shifted because they're also focusing on the Void ship. And, like, in general, the Cybermen later on, when they when they fully appear, are, like, the main baddies for all of, like... 15 minutes and then the Daleks show up and it's like okay the Cybermen are just cannon fodder yeah I mean that's what I'm saying how the episode feels like this episode is so unbalanced yeah it feels like a certain attempt at escalation cause you have like the first I believe yeah it's the first like big two parter and it's like oh the Cybermen are back and for the finale some I don't know there's some writing mentality that is just like you can't have the same thing again but write it differently you have to have like more and that just doesn't work with the time allotted especially when you have the ghost concept like yeah it just it this this episode is weird <laughs> yeah um it's a whole mess <laughs> like it's 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 still entertaining and it's yeah. not like as and the resolution isn't quite as bad as next season, but in some ways it very much feels like, okay, you're doing a little bit too much there, uh, RTD. I love you, you are incredibly based, you're my favorite showrunner, but it maybe chill a bit. This Actually, feels no, like a situation... I remember the, the 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 me having sort of a similar comment last season with the the bad wolf reality TV stuff and the commentary on that of how that kind of gets thrown to the side about partway through. This is even worse about that because it's juggling like fifteen more things. Yeah, this feels like a situation where like if they had a sort of um, utopia situation where they had an episode yeah. that was like oh, ghosts yeah. and then yeah. did this it would feel yes. a lot more no totally like a thing yeah, like, but three parts yes have an episode that's just like unreal mystery of the ghost you know oh what the fuck is causing this and then at the end you get that reveal of the Simon and then like and then yeah no it's like the exact same way haunting of, of via diodati did it where it seems like it's going to be a standalone episode and it's like oops psych True facts. Um, <laughs> ironically enough, Haunting of Villa Diodati is the only episode worth it out of that three-parter, but whatever. <laughs> um, uh, 
Also, we, we are introduced at Torchwood HQ to totally not Martha Jones, we swear, guys. <laughs> What's her name? Fun, fa- Adiola. Fun fa- liter- yeah, no, literally what happened was RTD had not cast the next companion yet. And he saw her on set and really liked her and was like, oh, shit. Well, I killed her off. Fuck, I can't change that now. <laughs> So they just they what they did is um like uh Martha mentions that it was her cousin in uh Smith and Jones. Also one of the other guys like straight up is wearing it like looks like it's not Ianto but it looks like Ianto. He's got like the same he he oh. wears the exact same suit as Ianto wears about. in one of the episodes and he's got a similar haircut. It's not the same actor, but it really looks like yeah. Ianto. Doctor Who has a weird thing of like either having a character like an actor play a character that's like related or is just like not related but they just say screw it and reuse them anyway and i love them for it yeah especially especially considering that uh okay we'll we'll get to that like a couple weeks in the future but there is an episode coming up pretty soon which straight up confirms that ianto i don't know if he was at but he he was close to and somewhat involved in the canary wharf shit he was there. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, RTD was basically like, if I could have, I would have rewritten this episode so she lived and she was just the next companion, but I couldn't do that, so... Also, I love how the 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 Cybermen are just like hanging out in in this construction zone. You never figure out what happens to whatever. Anything <laughs> else there? Yeah, this just yeah. they literally like just like teleport out of there and then just like don't address anything else that was going yeah. on beforehand. And that's what each part of this episode feels like. Or, I uh, have to say though. I have to say, though, the fact where they, when they come back and they're wearing two fucking, like, they're wearing, like, the, the wireless, the, the, the hands-free, like, phone things in both their ears reminded me of this fucking, um, uh, do you guys know who, uh, Chris Fleming is? Okay, he's a, he's a, a comedian, uh, who made, like, a web series, uh, for a while called Gale, which is basically just over-the-top satire of, like, white suburbanite moms. Um, and there's, like, one episode where they're, they're introduced to one of the characters' husbands, who's, like, white suburbanite dad, who's who's played by Chris, and he has a wireless thing in both ear and, like, fucking, like, sunglasses, like, ah, yes, yeah, the big game, uh, my, my car, my wife, my son, my house. <laughs> that, that is like literally what that reminded me of and i was cracking up the entire time anyway uh, uh jeff moment uh tm over yeah I, I will say yeah the doctor is being especially playful in this episode like the the whole like ghostbusters shit and it's almost <laughs> like i feel like some people like comment on I just unplugged my headphones. Yes, I did. Amazing. Yeah, no, no, it's, yeah. No, it's just I, I can't hear any of you guys talking, but no. Um, 
like some people like comment on 10 for being like they they dislike 10 because they feel like he's a bit too manic and a bit too approachable and not quite alien enough and I honestly feel like in some ways they're they're thinking about what he was like with Rose because I think well aside from like when he gets into Donna there is a bit of a difference after Rose leaves and and how like intrinsically like 12 I mean uh how intrinsically 10 is like connected to Rose like the fact that in many ways he seems like he became 10 to be more approachable to Rose and to be a better partner to Rose almost. Yeah. And it's not just like, it's not just that we see him like being like fully human and fully comfortable. Like he's gotten to the point where he's, and again, I wish they built this up more over the season, but it's like, it seems he's comfortable with Jackie now too. Yeah, like sort not of. not as much. Yeah, there's still obviously. some jokes. There's some jokes flung, and he ha- he makes like the black face after she like 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 kisses him on the cheek. But otherwise, yeah. Is point being, it's not it's not it's definitely not like nine in Rose's yeah. first episode. So it's yeah yeah it's a big it's a big leap, and I think that's you know it's telling that like Jackie's starting to feel like somewhat more comfortable around him now. And then like, this is where it all falls apart. Like narrative law and all that. Yeah. But it's yeah. fun. Um, then, uh, we are, uh, after they, they trap a ghost, uh, they go fly. It, uh, the doctor pilots, the TARDIS into Torchwood, unknowingly bringing jackie with him um that was so funny just yes my mom's still on the ship and just like ah fuck (laughs) did you see the fucking thing i i I tweeted retweeted the other day where fucking uh uh it was a video it was like that video where it was like the the scene from love and monsters but it's just like like the the you upset my mom uh like it was super bass boosted no i didn't (laughs) yeah that was good it's yeah it's it's pretty great um yeah just this that scene with with, uh they forgot that jackie's still on there reminded me of like in a comedy movie when they like lose a kid at the store or something yeah (laughs) that's the vibe i got and it was very just like oh just kind of the doctor being a slightly shitty moment you know sort of like with Mickey, except it's with jackie instead yeah Oh man, um, fucking, we move, now we move into extremely based RTD territory, um, with, with Torchwood, which is basically just one big, yeah, fuck you, imperialism, you suck. (laughs) Yeah, it made me realize when I was a young teenager watching oh this yeah no, I, I completely the missed it i, yeah. I completely missed it and like i was watching this shit when i actually this is one of the earliest this episode is one of the earliest doctor who memories i have because my parents were watching this when it actually aired so there's that um but no when i was actually watching it for for real even then most times like i think i got it like the last few times i watched through but like when I was a kid, no. <laughs> Completely missed it. 
What? But yeah, they got the perfect woman to just portray the like smarmy, yeah. above it all attitude of imperialists and Im imperialism that I just like hate. Just like that entitlement. It's like, oh, we won't switch to metric. And I'm just like, of course you wouldn't. You yeah. would say that. Okay, but but those lines are, are so funny. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're funny. They're 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 very good RTD humor. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, we must protect the empire, but there isn't one, not yet. <laughs> and I, that's a, that's an imperial ton, not a metric. We refuse to switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fun fun fact. In uh, Big Finish Torchwood, which is official continuation, I believe an alternate universe version of her, like I believe the version of her from Pete's World joins Torchwood 3. <laughs> That's great. Um, but yeah. What's her name? Y What's her name? Yvonne? Yeah. Yeah. I do like how her thing gets a little bit at, you know, later on. Uh, in the next episode. That was like, so, there was at least like something to tie the fact that this episode leads into the next episode. <laughs> There's not yeah. much of that. <laughs> yeah. She she has a decent character arc, too. Um, anyways. Uh, da -da -da -da. How much do you want to bet that when she says, when she fucking says, it? oh no, okay, she says it was over the Shetland Islands, never mind. I was going to say it violated our airspace and it's just hanging out over like fucking like Canada or Norway or somewhere and they just shot it down because like, hey, it's here. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good, but I guess it wouldn't have worked well with, you know, it's unmovable or whatever. Yeah. Um... So yeah, uh, also I, I do like how, like, once the Doctor realizes, like, oh boy, I'm dealing with fucking imperialists, he's just like, okay, whatever, go ahead, and there there is, like, up until shit gets, like, real, real, um, <laughs> up until, like, it gets really, really, there's just this, this, at, this, this vibe that you get off 10 where he's like, I fucking told you so, y'all dipshits didn't listen to me. <laughs> I also got, I don't know, I, I'm obviously not as well-versed in classic as you, Jeff, but I did get a sort of 2-slash-7 vibe in that he's, like a little bit deliberately playing a little bit of like a fool or just someone who doesn't care and is not going to like put their full put his full intellect and like will behind what is happening yeah until yeah. things like really start get going um and i guess all doctors yeah. kind of have that well, to some yeah. extent two, but, two yeah. or four more because seven would have had everything planned out from the second he landed seven actively like goes in with a plan like he he doesn't run into things randomly. He seeks them out specifically. Well, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, two, two um, then, from my knowledge, yeah. Yeah, two, two, and two and four.
So yeah, uh, the ghost shift ends up getting a, I, one thing I did actually forget is I forgot that like, she does actually be like, okay, let's maybe not fuck around with this guy. <laughs> and she's like, okay, yeah. shut it off. And then the, the, the cyber controlled people end up turning it back on. I, I do like the, um, the moment of just sort of the, the explanation where he rockets it through the window. Yeah. Or that, that was good. Uh, yeah, he just breaks this fucking, like, expensive printed, like, glass. And then he just, like, sits down with his legs crossed and he basically just says, fuck around and find out. Yeah. <laughs> Try me, bitch. <laughs> so, correct me if I'm wrong, is there a little bit of an implication that the reason um, that... Uh, the like where the gang like falls through the void and into Pete's world in the first place is because Torchwood has been screwing around um, with um, like dimension stuff. No, and... no, 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 no. What happens is the void ship fell into the main timeline and that kind of set up cracks. And then I believe Pete mentions that like the Cybermen started experimenting with it, so then Pete's World Torchwood started messing with it. Right. I guess I mean, like... Because I got that. I just mean, like, because of time travel, that could fuck stuff up, like, retroactively, but um, that's probably not what they were going for. So, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, meanwhile, Rose has been sneaking into the room with the Void Chip, which, I guess, time to explain real quick. There's a big orb in the basement which shouldn't exist because it has like no heat no mass which is actually like that's actually another good idea that they did actually uh spend more time on thankfully yeah but it's still not that much because they're basically like this thing shouldn't exist and it should be impossible to open it and then like 15 minutes later they open it well yeah (laughs) but there's only so much like build up you could do with that before it's just like okay fucking get on with it okay but again but like that's actually one that is that that is actually a build-up that fits in a 45 minute episode structure Uh, and it is it's spread out across the episode that's that's fair it's okay yeah okay that's fair that's fair um oh yeah also meanwhile uh mickey uh shows up in his back and has fully completed his transformation into ultimate chad mode mickey (laughs) the epic gamer himself you love to see it um just straight up like, yeah, I have this huge fuck-off laser gun to defeat the Cybermen. Now, of course, it doesn't really matter because it's Daleks in the sphere, not Cybermen, but the thought still counts. Can, can I just say that I forgot, I, I literally forgot since it's been a few weeks that, that Mickey was in another universe, and so him being there didn't shock me that much. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he just somehow like found out their plan and walked in. I forgot that he was literally in another universe. <laughs> they literally were like, goodbye, we're never going to see you again. <laughs> like yeah, just sort of four episodes ahead. ago. <laughs> Rose is dramatic so often it just kind of bled into their mind. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Rose, Rose being overly extra. <laughs> uh. What was the line? The line too, where Rose is like, "Oh God." Never mind. There's like a line where Rose is like, "Actually, no, no." It's like, actually, no. Like even like um. Jake or Pete is like, yeah, Mickey. Mickey agreed to go to go through first, in case Rose was there. And I'm like, good old Mickey is still simping. <laughs> Forgive me, Doctor, for I must simp. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yes, our our cliffhanger is Cybermen and Daleks. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Then we move on to the next episode, um, which this is actually a cliffhanger resolvement that doesn't feel like an ass pull. Like that feels like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. That doesn't seem like it, it was manipulative editing. Um, uh, then uh, the Daleks uh, surround one of the scientists down there with the void ship and, and give him the good suck. And by that, I mean they crush his brain. <laughs> I really hoped so. <laughs> Which is where we come into where uh, I posted this on Twitter, but Avery just came in... Came into the fucking... <laughs> the, the group DM we have and was like, <laughs> brain vor. Yeah, I mean, am I wrong? Yeah. Fun fact, uh, this is actually, I think, the earliest memory of the show I have, because this scene scared the fuck out of me when I was, like, five. Yeah, honestly, I think that one was pretty heavily imprinted on me as well. For some reason, I, I kept thinking, like, when are the Daleks gonna, like, a brain, you know, sucky bore someone? Because I, I guess it's true. And then, then the uh, the Cybermen and the Daleks smack talk each other, which, as as wasted as this conflict is in an ep in the episode, this is pretty good. <laughs> Where they 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 spend like at least like thirty seconds just being like, "You tell tell me who you are." No, you tell me who you are. No, you tell me who you are. <laughs> When you get two authoritarian factions in the same room. <laughs> Not just that, but they both believe that they're the only perfect being. <laughs> and then they, they uh, literally get into smack talk. That That's what got me. Like, that's that's the point I was just laughing my ass off. Because they, they literally started talking like basketball teams. <laughs> yeah. Um... 
and then we're introduced to the Dalek MacGuffin, which is the the Genesis arc, which is another uh, misused plot device. Like, really, admittedly, I've, in some ways, I guess that's kind of the point, because that situation would be a massive uh, clusterfuck, but this episode kind of devolves into a massive clusterfuck. <laughs> yeah, literally just, like, something that should be cataclysmic and it just sort of gets written around. <laughs> yeah. It's just like all the things are happening all at once. How many things can we make happen? Yeah. And surprisingly they like this still feels like less like the doc the Doctor Who version of the Avengers than like fucking series four. Which I also have issues with, but that di different one. I will say this though, the Genesis arc seeing that and remembering what it does uh really made me wish that the episode asylum of the daleks just took place in like one of those you know it would be really nice if the episode asylum of the daleks was actually like a good episode i mean that too but i was gonna be kind until we got there <laughs> Yeah, it's just really not a good episode. Not gonna lie. Yeah, eh, yeah lot... that's fair. I mean, at least it's entertaining to watch, but yeah. For sure. It's like, it, it, it did, like, keep my attention, but it, in the it's same one, way It's that... one of those things where if you, like, think about it at all, it falls apart. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's just, like, a complete yeah. fucking mess. Yeah, it's, it's not, yeah. In general, I feel like most RTD finales kind of overdo it and in some cases so do moffat finales although in moffat finales at least usually the first part is good <laughs> yeah plus hey in my opinion moffat did write the overall best series finale of the show ever so yeah this is just and I'll so let you weird guys because decide which one i'm talking about <laughs> hell yeah um, it's just so weird that this is like a Rose departure episode. Like, obviously, I know that going in, but it just doesn't I don't know. Feel it like just it until it happens. Yeah, it's so full of everything else, and I suppose there's. I mean, I guess you could argue that there would be a certain like valid shock value in playing it like a slightly higher stakes episode than normal except well, also, what tips it over the edge is that she leaves but like they broadcast it at the, the very beginning that it's going well, to happen basically well yeah but they also would they they also try and pull a fake out where they say that she dies and she doesn't yeah and it's like actually no she's just trapped in her heart place. died jeff her heart <laughs> but it, all, it also happens like so fucking quickly because it's just like it seems like things are working out, and it's just like, actually, no, you're gonna get sucked into another universe now. Okay, end of the story. <laughs> yeah. No, no, the best, the only good uh, uh, RTD companion departure is Martha. And even then, that feels like it happened too early. But that's also mainly because I'm, I'm a Martha stan, but whatever. Um, so yeah, Yvonne gets cyber-converted. Um... Even though she's a fucking horrible imperialist, uh, that scene's still pretty chilling. 
just in general well, i think well in one way I, in some ways i think it's chilling just because i think cyber conversion is a fate i wouldn't wish upon anyone no matter how shitty they were yeah that that's terrifying like i just if Especially it came down to that i just cap the fascist don't don't send him into the conversion chamber yeah um then oh yeah and then it's literally like it's it's this this episode just feels like all the things are happening because it starts out with the daleks coming out then the cybermen the daleks start fighting then jake and the rest of the preachers show up and and start fighting then pete shows up and they complete that arc with him and jackie even though i don't know if that really needed to be done but whatever i guess it gives rose something um then then mickey touches the ark which then of course rises up and starts spewing daleks everywhere then they come up with the okay let's open the void idea uh, like it's just we... like oh oh god everything's happening okay in all fairness the stuff with the ark specifically was i think pretty interesting because it was set up as like some super advanced technology right uh, and so then it's revealed first, like, the Daleks, but then it's like, oh no, it's beyond even them. Uh, and then it turns out to be, like, a Time Lord thing. Then that also begs the question, why did the Doctor not know about it? There was a well, Time Lord that's, thing. That's the thing, is, like, both sides had secrets. Now, admittedly, that kind of fucks with some some of the stuff that they went on later on, sort of going how involved the War Doctor was with the Time War, but whatever. They could keep whatever the fucking timeless children's <laughs> bullshit was. They could keep this. Still don't just, know what happened. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, how better this episode would have played if they just stripped the Cybermen out. You yeah. can still have Jake no, and it, it Mickey come like, in. It feels like, well, no. Well, part of the reason I think this is is because the original, the, when they when they first got, um, like, like Dalek was written without the like they didn't actually know up until like close when they were supposed to actually start shooting whether or not they'd actually be able to use the daleks and right. so there is there is a draft out there where it's not a dalek as as crazy as that sounds but the stipulation that they had was that they had to use them once a year yeah so it is I've this is that. literally a contractual obligation it feels like this was supposed to be a cybermen finale but because of the contractual obligation it's like oh yeah we gotta get the daleks in here yeah i mean i just say that because i think it would be a nice subversion on like say mickey and the preachers like show up a little bit earlier on the doctor and rose and like this torch would think they know what's coming and then it's not that. It still would have been like, oh, Daleks two, you know, two seasons in a row. But at least it would have been more focused. And to be honest, if you still have to keep the like Time Lord tech or the sphere or whatever, I cannot buy Cybermen being able to figure that out. <laughs> um, so like, I don't know. I ideally, I guess you wouldn't need to use them once a year. But I don't know as. With the structure of things how they are, I would have preferred it just be Daleks, probably. But that's just a me thing. Mm-hmm. Um. 
so yeah a whole bunch of shit happens and then they come up with the uh the idea where they they open open the the rift again and send them all back into the void because everybody's been in the void they're doused in void particles plot MacGuffins that will suck them right back in but the problem is so have the doctor and rose so they are gonna get sucked too if they're not careful which then the leads ultimate this... suck <laughs> Which then leads into this uh, prolonged sequence where it's like, oh no, like, w- will they, will they make it? Will they not make it? And then uh, Rose obviously gets gets sucked into the void. Well, actually, no. I, I, every time I see this, I forget this too. I thought she just flies through and ends up on the other end. No. Pete, like, arrives and grabs her at the last second. <laughs> I don't really know how he knew that was going to work, but whatever. Um, and there's a, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'll, I'm going to go into this now, which is this episode, uh, there, people have complaints with this where like RTD finales also have a problem where they wrap up like 15 minutes too early and then do like a prolonged like epilogue thing. I don't mind that. I will say that I think the most effective thing, especially considering that RTD was going to bring or at least, well, I don't know if he was planning it yet, but considering that RTD eventually brought Rose back at the end of season four, would just be breach closes, shot of them at the wall, that's it. Done. They don't get a goodbye. That's it. That would have been so much more effective. And admittedly, I don't think the the, the postlude where he, they, they go and, and they get that brief goodbye which gets cut off, I don't think that ruins it too much it's just then series four happens and it's just like well okay we're doing this shit again except now we're getting rose giving rose literally everything she wants when she really doesn't deserve it yeah i'd say the only good thing they pull off there is that um because he takes so much time to say it he can't yeah say yeah. i love you which no, i mean yeah we basically ways, know that's what he said in so. some ways i feel like that would have been more effective if that scene happened when he brought her back and when when rtd brought her back in series four and that's their goodbye but no yeah i suppose yeah. i mean that, that's just, just the benefit of hindsight just, just yeah. imagine how crazy effective it would be if it was like well i mean i guess in in I'm gonna say this, and people are gonna make people are gonna get mad. But like the the Clara thing, where she just dies, and admittedly, yeah, Hellbent happens. Just shut up. But like most of Heaven Sent, well, all of Heaven Sent, and a decent chunk of Hellbent are under the thing of yeah, she's fucking dead, and they they don't get that. And then then they do later. And I I have been on record of I don't hate Hellbent as much as a significant chunk of the fan base. But so yeah, it would it would uh yeah so yeah that's 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 my statement is I think this this end this this end would have been so much more effective if they didn't have that end scene, but then also that allows them to set up donna appearing in the tardis which sets up the christmas special of wacky shenanigans and i fucking 
I sent this to the voice chat because I'm like, I need to, I need to find a meme that expresses this, this emotion where it's, it's fan art of in, in Final Fantasy VII, disc, like, I'm, I guess maybe spoiler warning for an over 20 year old game, um, Aerith die, Aerith dies at the end of disc one and then like basically directly after that you run into like a fucking snowboarding mini game and so someone drew fan art of like cloud like snowboarding while while crying where you just see like a like a, 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 a like Aerith with a, a a halo over her head waving from like the grave beyond the caption is when you have to snowboard while deep in your feelings and i was thinking like you take that but you make it the doctor engaging in the wacky shenanigans of the runaway bride right after losing his soulmate <laughs> Because it's Good literally stuff. right directly after. Um, anyways, uh, you guys have anything you, you want to say about this ending sequence? Or should we move on to our, our rating stuff? Um, uh, it's a fucking mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um... I guess I'll just bring up, I I mean, this has been talked to death about, but Rose, Rose in the last, I don't know, like 20 minutes, 20, 15 minutes of this episode just like pisses me off. And I feel like most of that is because there's not enough setup to make me care properly, but I just see like, hey, you know, I, you get I to, you get to be I with your ideal wait. family. You get to be with your dad who was successful. Yeah. You get to be with the version of your mom who isn't a bitch. Like you could and have it all dead. right here. Yeah. And then, so, and then like, she actually comes off like with a fairly, like slightly bittersweet, but overall like a pretty decent ending. And then RTD's like, nah, that's still not quite happy enough for me. Let's get her literally everything that she wants. And it's just like, fuck off. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. There's going to be some salt when we get to, to Series 4. I'm a little bit more charitable on that, but yeah, it's just like... I don't know. Again, it's... Take a drink, 12 and Clara did this better. Yeah. And 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 that's you saying that, and you fucking despise Hellbent. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of me putting Hellbent in its own, like, shelf in the corner. But even with that... <laughs> You know, I'll I'll take Hellbent and the admittedly awesome brief reunion they get at um Twice upon I'm time. forgetting Capaldi's final episode, but like that brief thing. Twice I'll take that time. Yeah. I'll take that and their series nine and series eight interactions yeah. over this. So yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Um Uh, yeah, so I guess, uh, moving, moving on to, uh, to ratings then. Um, yeah, this, this two-parter is kind of a mess. It's an entertaining mess, but it's a mess nonetheless. Um, it tries way too much stuff. Some of the things very much feel like, oh, wait, we contractually have to have the Dalek show up once a season. Like, actually, okay, if you ever wonder why fucking, like, the Daleks show up for, like, 10 minutes in the pilot that's why <laughs> that is why they show up because they contractually have that's the to worst year 
That's the worst instance of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it literally just got to the point where Moffat was just like, fuck it, throw him in an episode for ten seconds. <laughs> or or why... Actually, why, no, why? Okay, who do they have that contract with? The, the, the Daleks creator, ter- the, the estate of the person who came up with the Daleks, Terry Nation. Because the BBC does not actually own the Daleks. Terry Nation's estate does. Yeah, no, there is there is a lot of things in the Doctor Who universe that the BBC does not own. Like, every Dalek episode will be like, the Daleks appear, uh, uh, Kurt, or, like, were created by Terry Nation, or the Cybermen uh, were created by Kit Peddler that shows up in every episode they show up in because the BBC does not technically own them. Um, Co- copyright is fake as fuck so yeah uh it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mess but it's still entertaining i think overall i'd give it a six in terms of individual episodes i'd give army of ghosts um close to like a six and a half to like a, a seven because it does have some of the interesting stuff and isn't quite as absolutely messy um and then doomsday more like like a a a 6 or a 5.5 yeah i'm with you there um first part gets yeah first part probably gets a seven uh second part probably gets a six whole thing gets a six (laughs) yeah um, I'd say first part gets a six, second part gets a five, over and, a 5.5. Yeah, yeah 5.5, okay. Um, it's that time again, because we're at the end of the season. Uh, now is when we do our, our little season ranking things. I just realized I completely lost the paper from last season, but whatever, we don't <laughs> need it this week anyways. Um... What I was so I guess we'll 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 go through like uh, thoughts on the season, uh, top five episodes, and oh, okay, yeah, never mind, and uh, where where you'd uh, place that season. Although really, I think all of us would be like, yeah, it's not as good as series one. Yeah. <laughs> so like we're we're still kind of in that point where like we don't really have a like there's not really that much choice of where you'd put it, but. Um, I think this season, uh, yeah, it's it's nowhere near as solid as Series 1. Series 1 hits the ground running well, has a bunch of, like, is, is a very tight character arc, um, puts together, puts forward a bunch of really pretty, like, like, there's no, like, bad episode in Series 1. Like, even Unquiet Dead, which is probably the worst one in that season, is just kind of eh. And nothing really to write home about. Um, I mean, I think I gave it. I think I gave it about as bad a rating as some of the ones in this season. Yeah, but well, that that yeah. I mean, I don't hate Unquiet Dead. There's not enough there for me to really despise. So. Right, but I don't think there's really been an episode I just genuinely dislike, except for maybe Tooth and Claw. I might call, count that as disliking it. I disliked, a, I, ironically enough, I disliked more episodes this season than you, I think. Because <laughs> yeah, I did not like New Earth, uh, Idiot's Lantern, or Satan Pet. Oh, no, no, not Satan Pet, Love Monsters. Um, 
so yeah, I guess going into my top five, um, number five would be probably Fear Her. Wild choice, I know, but fuck you, I like it. Um, number four would be... I think number four would be um, uh, the, the Cybermen two-parter. Not because, like... Well, yeah, the Cybermen two-parter just because of how fucking hilarious Lumic is. Um, number three would be Girl in the Fireplace. Um, number two would be Impossible Planet Satan Pit. And then number one would be my personal favorite episode of the entire show, School Reunion. Although... It is very close, and honestly, you could swap uh, Impossible Planet and School Reunion. Like, that could, like either one could be my number one. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's a toss-up. And then, if I had to make a pick for worst episode of the season, it would either be Christmas Invasion, uh, Love and Monsters, or Idiot's Lantern. Cool, cool. Um, I don't know. I can go next. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this season is the series isn't as good as the first. That goes without saying, um, in my opinion. Um, if I had to do a top five, um, hot take maybe. Uh, Love and Monsters is five. Um, four. Is probably the Cyberman two-parter. Uh, three is Girl in the Fireplace. Second is um, the Impossible Planet slash Satan Pit. And yeah, number yeah number one would be. Did I skip something? <laughs> Bad with counting. Um, Top two is Girl in the Fireplace and then School Reunion. So, yeah. Um, I didn't think that would be how it lined up going into things, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad y'all have seen the light on, on how good an episode School Reunion is. Uh, Avery? Yeah, I think it's interesting because... Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I have a, I have a, a key command and I keep accidentally clicking it while I'm typing. Nice. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting how last season we had like almost exactly the same rankings. I think I think we only like disagreed on one or two episodes, but this yeah. time ours, even though we have like, we, I think we all include four of the stories in our top one, but then in different orders, and then we all have a, a yeah. different one for our last one because, you know. Well, yeah, because as, as as everyone knows, I am the one who will go to bat for Fear Her. You're the one who will go to bat for Fear Her. Uh, Skylar will go to bat for Love and Monsters. And I, of course, will go to bat for New Earth. Fuck off. Fuck oh, yeah. off. <laughs> it's my number five, okay? Fuck you. Speak so, your number... truth. Speak your truth. <laughs> number five, New Earth. Uh, number four, Cyberman Age of Steel. Number three uh, would be Girl in the Fireplace. Number two, School Reunion. And number one, um, Possible Planet, Satan Pit. 
overall, obviously, yes, the season is not as good as the other one. There are, like, just just glancing at it, there's four, yeah, four very weak, no, five, five weak episodes yeah. in this season. <laughs> okay, no, wait, I forgot the finale, too. So, yeah, literally half the season is weak episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's not as good, like... Again, I don't think there were anything, like, offensively bad. Like, Tooth and Claw, just, I was bored. I, I couldn't pretend to do it. Some of these other ones, they just, like, didn't do anything too cool. Uh, but overall, it's just not as good of a season. It, did, it did, had no, like, overarching thing. I forget what I gave season one. It was, like, an 8.5 or something like that, I think. Oh, yeah, did we give individual season rankings? Yeah, okay. I think I, I give this did. one, like... Uh... I don't know. Cool. I give it I give it a 7 just because while there are a lot of weak episodes, the episodes that are good are like favorite all-time episodes. Yeah. So like it kind of count. It's not like an episode where it's like, yeah, okay, the good episodes are decent, but the the bad episodes are weak. No, it's literally the bad episodes are weak, but the good episodes are some of the best writing the show has ever had. Yeah, uh so I I think I gave season one an 8.5 and i think i'd give this season uh i think i'm gonna say uh I feel, none of these feel right um i'm gonna say yeah i'll just call it a seven a seven yeah in reference in reference to like i mean I've only just rewatched series one. So in comparison to the that, yeah. Um I'd probably also say seven. Um seven out of ten for this series. That might change once we get into series three and series four. Yeah. Because um, by memory I'm very confident in saying both of them are better than this. Oh so. yeah, absolutely. Um But yeah. Um Next week, of course, we will be covering uh, the 2006, I believe, Christmas special, The Runaway Bride. But first, we have a new segment. So yeah, we've teased this for a while. We're talking about Torchwood. Uh, this week, we are talking about uh, series one, episode one, everything changes. Um, in the weeks going on, we might cover more than one episode a week since we're kind of doing a shorter form discussion for this. Um, and I want to be done with series one uh, around the time when Jack rejoins the main TARDIS crew in Utopia. Uh, but yeah, this week we're just covering uh, series one, episode one, everything changes. Um before we get started and, and really move on, I just want to uh, put this out there, and I will put this out there at the start of every time we do this segment. Uh, Torchwood is absolutely a uh, show for adults. It is far darker, far grittier, and far uh, has far more potentially uh, triggering shit than basically anything else in the universe. So uh, content warning for probably discussions of gore, violence, um, drugging, uh, dubious consent, um, 
and murder. If I've min- am I missing anything? Suicide. Uh, oh yes. Sorry, I completely forgot about that. So yes. Well, well if damn, that's... that just spoiled me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, tune in. I uh, uh, tune in uh, at your own risk. Uh, very. Um, so I guess, uh, real quick, but before we start, um, I have seen most of the first two seasons of Torchwood. Avery and Skylar have not seen any of it, right? Okay. So we're just kind of, kind of do like a, a, a looser discussion, um, of the episode. I'm not really going to go through and do like a big detailed plot thing. Um, if you want to go watch it and then listen to this, you can, or you can just kind of listen to this more, more freeform discussion. Um, so yeah, uh, what, what, what did you guys think? I, I think this is a, a pretty solid episode and a pretty good start. Um, I'm not necessarily going to say the same for the rest of the first season. I think it's pretty uneven. And even in this case, in this episode, there are some places where it really can't quite figure out what show it wants to be. Um, but I think it's a pretty solid intro to to what uh, Torchwood is like. Yeah, I, I would say I overall enjoyed the episode. It lost me at a couple points, but like overall, it was all right. It was like a good uh, introduction. You get the sort of basic setup of like, ooh, someone on the outside like notices some things and they work their way in. Yeah. Um, you get some cool introduction to, like, what Torchwood is about, what's going on, you know, the sort of tech and stuff they have access to, and just the sort of general vibe they have, the sort of moral grayness, you know. Oh, yeah. we're, we were just, like, reviving corpses to, like, test the thing. Yeah. Uh, and and the fact, that, the fact that not only is Jack now completely uncensored, he's also grown a lot of a... a lot more of a darker side than the last time we saw him. Also... Um, this isn't, like, as much a thing, this isn't, like, uh, something that will have nearly the level of impact to us, um, because we've, we've all seen Utopia and we know what Jack is like. Back in the day, Jack getting shot and coming back and later saying to Gwen, I can't die, that was the first anyone knew of that, because this aired between Doctor Who series 2 and 3 yeah like you um, saw that he got you saw that he got revived oh, yeah. at the end of parting of the ways but you didn't know that that came with literally not being able to die yeah that yeah, was a good <laughs> it's a good way to demonstrate that instead of yeah expositing i'll uh i'll clarify something i haven't seen like like, yeah, I've basically seen the first two episodes of Torchwood before, and that's it. But I I clearly needed this refresher, because I, I basically know the major events that happen in this series, because I just, like, yeah. didn't care a couple years ago, and I looked it up. But in the back of my mind, I was just like, oh, you know, Torchwood is basically going to be, like, a little bit do- darker than doctor who generally gets and it's only until like children of earth where like the real messed up stuff happens and then i was just like no oh (laughs) never mind um 
yeah, yeah no there's was... there is a very there is a very good reason my parents were like no no you're not you're not yeah. watching this until you're like more like like i don't think like they let me do it till i was like yeah. 15 it's like i just hear the f word like casually dropped and it's just like oh, oh yeah that's the yeah it's yeah. like it's weird because like britain is like so much more lax of like yeah if it's post watershed you can say fuck on tv you can have like the kind of thing that like you wouldn't get on american tv unless it was hbo like yeah. the bbc which is technically state funded is just like yeah is, it's after nine okay cool go ahead <laughs> yeah so it was it was neat kind of seeing and i guess this kind of gets into what's her name's character that like has a mental breakdown and um gwen kills herself no um oh oh Susie. The, yeah, the person who's there to die and for and they, to take they, a spot. They, well, yeah. Well, I I mean, this is also kind of it's it's slightly like borked again now because in hindsight. But Susie's name is in the opening credits. You're not supposed to think that she's going to die. Oh yeah, it's a good. It's you a think good she's supposed to be a regular? Yeah, I like how it's kind of showing. And again, like this could just be like Doctor Who, like family fun syndrome. But yeah, we no, see, anyone we can die. See... Anyone can die except for Jack. Yeah, and we <laughs> generally see the Doctor like, oh, you know, I I look for the best in humanity, and the people who are like morally gray are sometimes like aligned with the Doctor, but most of the time, like people that do stuff like Torchwood are people that the Doctor sets himself up against. But here it's just like, no, one of the protagonists of the show that we follow with for many seasons is just like yeah you know we like fake this guy's death and we put him somewhere else and his family is never gonna know what actually happened to him yeah just like with a casual face and i'm just like holy shit yeah (laughs) like nice and and and, yeah yeah. (laughs) i guess yeah and and also basically almost everything owen does for the first season and a half Oh, it Jesus takes a Christ. while for Owen to not be a real shitty person. Um. Uh. Uh. Oh yeah. Also, there's yeah. As I mentioned, um, I feel like Torchwood early on, like they 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 fix this. I think once they get to series two, which kind of trends a lot more towards the former and figures out like yeah that's what it wants to be um where at times it feels like early on the show can't tell whether or not it wants to take the fact that it is allowed to do the things doctor who can't and take that and be dark and gritty and somewhat deconstructive and have very flawed people and be able to talk about adult topics such as as violence and and uh well sexuality in in of itself isn't a, a isn't a hot topic but there's definitely a lot of sex on this show um and basically everyone is by in this show um um but there's 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 the like there's that and then there's things that are it's briefly displayed in this episode it's really displayed in one of the episodes that we're going to talk about next week which i think might in my opinion be the worst episode of the entire series um where it's just like okay sure we're allowed to do that let's have everyone say fuck a lot um have gratuitous sex and be kind of wacky zany haha like sex comedy which i 
uh, like, okay, like, the show can be really funny at times, but I think in series two it manages to find a way to be funny without just kind of being over-the-top gratuitous and fitting in, settling in a bit more with the just, like, a, a general darker and grittier tone. Yeah. The, like, the like pilot... next week is just gratuitous. <laughs> yeah. If I remember correctly, there's, like, one joke I find really funny in the rest of the episode. I was just like, okay, this is this is kind of cringe. But for the most part in the pilot, I think they do a good job of, like, balancing it, um, like, the lighter and darker stuff. And you kind of have to with, like, our protagonist basically being someone who starts out fish out of water. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I don't know. I have, I have a few complaints about like idiot ball moments and yeah. how the episode ends. Oh, but, like, there is so, dude. Let me tell you right now, <laughs> if you're gonna start complaining about idiot ball moments, there literally everyone in this show um, can and will behave extremely fucking irrationally, like all the time. I mean, like, look, I'm I'm a I'm a Star Trek fan, so I'm used to pilots that are worse than this and characters having insane, you know, character breaking idiot ball moments. So it's like I'm not saying that's yeah. a deal breaker. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah, it still bugs me. But no, yeah, yeah no, there's like Owen. You're gonna be like, wow, Owen really sucks. And there's definitely going to be parts where it's like, Gwen, what are you doing? Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess, uh, real, real quick, I guess, if, if you are just listening to this, this blind, I will do a character rundown of our, our main cast. We have Jack, who, as I mentioned, is Jack, just with more angst and, uh, a very much, uh, a tendency to be very ruthless if he needs to be, um... Uh, Gwen, who is a, a Welsh policeman. Oh yeah, the show's set in Cardiff. So they, they get, they, 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 after having a decent chunk in series one, they get all their Cardiff jokes out here instead. Um, uh, so yeah, Gwen, who is a, uh, a Cardiff, uh, police officer who eventually joins as sort of the police liaison to Torchwood, <laughs> which it, it is actually pointed out that like, yeah, it's like having that outsider's perspective is kind of good in some ways. Um... Um, I'm also going to mention him. He's he's recurring here, but he will later become more important. Uh, Gwen's boyfriend, uh, Reese, who will, as time go- like, basically... Remember how we were like, wow, Rose is real shitty to Mickey? Imagine that, but worse. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, Not looking as forward I s- to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there's... I mean, a- admittedly... In this case, they do end up fixing their shit out, and overall, like, after that, I think they are actually, like, a pretty healthy couple and way better off than Rose and Mickey, but season one can be rough. Um, I just... <laughs> I would like to say that ACAB applies to the characters in this episode as well. Just gotta be topical there. Fair enough. I, you know... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not really going to go into that because 
in that like would you call Torchwood themselves cops? Because in some ways they're doing they're doing I mean, some I was of re- the same things that Torchwood One is doing, just not with the imperialism angle, more with the hey, there's these fucking terrifying alien threats that will come through and horribly murder us all. We have to do something. I, I was referring to the the character who is literally a policewoman. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was not gonna lie. I was thinking about that hardcore when I was watching it, and I was just like, I don't know how much this show goes into the policing side of things, and I don't know not like virtually anything about like, um, British police. Um, They're all yeah. so bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah no, no, I know it's, that. It's, I just not the. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Gen- yeah, no, generally the, the police angle gets dropped, mostly. It is, after like all, she... a government show. <laughs> yeah. Like, like she still obviously has connections, like, like her, her, uh, her partner PC Andy will, is, a, is a recurring character, but she j- kind of just becomes a member of the team. Like, the whole, like, oh, I'm a liaison for the police, they don't really follow through that, other than... Um, it's just like she like it, she uses it as an excuse to explain to Reese why she has to keep fucking disappearing to go to work at really weird random times. Um. There's uh so yeah uh uh Jack and Gwen. Um. There's Owen who is a doctor and a fucking jackass. <laughs> Owen Owen is the 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 owner of the soul genuine yikes like oh I'm pretty sure they intended that to actually be funny but no that's just a yikes moment. It's like huh, it, it's okay if he also does it to a man, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're uh no, okay. No, no. Like I feel like the Jack thing is generally supposed to be like yeah, no that's that's not cool and it's meant to show that he is much more ruthless. And doesn't necessarily, like, he's still a good person, but he's not as, like, selfless. Well, he, he is selfless, but, like, he's not as, like, as good as he was when we left him in Parting of the Ways. He's had some shit happen to him. Um, uh, Tosh, who is uh, a tech expert, um, that's really about all that I can say for her for now. She doesn't... She's just kind of there for a decent chunk of series one. Oh, can I ask a quick question? What? So they all show that like all the members of Torchwood are kind of like, yeah, we have our own alien tech that we take home. What's What's the point of hers? I didn't really I, get like she's just like I, copying books to her computer. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was the that was the one thing. It's like Owens, yikes! The other girl, I already forget her name. Susie. Uh, yes. Uh, she has the like power Ob- trip obsession. over death. Yeah, obsession. Yeah, yeah complex. Yeah, um, and then she has reads books. I was just like, well, okay, at least at least yours is the most yeah. mundane. <laughs> but yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Um. Ianto, who's kind of like the the uh, uh, coffee coffee boy sort of general servant, like doesn't do as much field work. But as Jack uh, comments, uh, looks good in a suit. Um, who secretly is actually the best character, even though he's sort of just kind of there to make um, one-liners early on, and then they flesh him into his own character. And then especially when he gets into a relationship with Jack, which is, mm, mm, that's good. 
that is very good like some of rtd's best writing i think is there um and then there's there's also Susie who is set up as a a major character as they said she's in the credits but they they fake her out because uh she dies at the end of the episode because she was actually the killer all along which i i think is a good twist like it it definitely like defies a lot of expectations yeah i i i think at a certain point i started expecting it but like from the beginning i didn't expect it yeah yeah no like once once gwen sees the knife and is like wait a second i've seen that before you're like oh yeah it's Susie. but <laughs> yeah. um i just honestly I, I, I didn't know the characters well to say Susie. Uh, i'm still kind of <laughs> unclear on who everyone is i'll figure it out as we go along yeah. okay but yeah like the like the oh it's it's one of them specifically yeah 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 um so yeah uh also I just I, I want to take a moment to talk about this. There are some fucking great, uh, not necessarily one-liners, but bits of dialogue, like Jack's establishing character moment in this episode is talking about how there's there's estrogen in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> he he even has the line that enters the water cycle feminizes the fish, and I'm pretty sure all of us know what we're like like immediately thought of. They're putting chemicals in the water to turn the frickin' frogs gay. <laughs> Um. Uh, there's oh man, what was the, there's there's some other. Hold on, I'm I'm scrolling through the transcript real quick because there was some. Oh yeah, the thing where she she gets it like she she they like she she's like obsessively trying to to find Torchwood for like the first like twenty minutes of the episode and she eventually figures it out and the the trick is just someone keeps ordering pizza in the name of Torchwood. So they, they know that she's coming, and they, they let her in, and they have that very dramatic, like, oh, everyone's working at this this admittedly very pretty set of the base. Um, and then they all, they all like, crack up because they, they can't hold the ooh, I'm looking cool facade, and then, like, who's ordering pizza under the name of Torchwood? No one's like, yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> That's kind of an idiot ball moment, but I love it. Yeah. I'm just no, like, it's, Owen yeah. would do that. Yeah, no, Owen absolutely would do that. That is absolutely in character. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will say the, the, the set for the, the Torchwood Hub is is great. It's really good. Fun fact, Um, well, I guess a bit of a spoiler. Um, It goes away in Children of Earth, and part of the reason why is because the, the first... Uh, smith uh console room with the uh the glass the glass blown uh time rotor uh that was built on like the studio where the torchwood set the the hub set was um so yeah i think this is a, a good a good setup episode um obviously there isn't as much that i can talk into the, like checkup of like what do you guys think where do you think this this show is going what do you think's working or, or not working? Because it's only the first episode, but I think that's that's kind of the, the structure that we're going to go on for the future because unlike the main show where we're all watching it as a, a retrospective, I'm the only one who's actually seen this shit before. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to even go into like super ratings. I just, you guys, you guys all liked it. Is there like anything you want to say about like, 
like the the where the show's going on or or stuff that you're you're interested in or or anything or or anything like in particular that you really liked um, um i like jack's care yeah i like jack's character oh yes yeah jack jack is is super promising in this show i liked uh the the just the sort of vibe of Torchwood. uh yeah I, I also mentioned this is a joke uh just the well shedding reminded me of like a year ago when i was flirting with a welsh girl <laughs> <laughs> just sort of a side comment Oh yeah, the the line the, the the fucking thing where they take the elevator they take the elevator up and and Gwen's like trying to poke holes in it and Jack's like that is so Welsh. I show you something amazing and you try to find fault with it. <laughs> uh yeah, that's that's great. Uh Skylar? Yeah. Um yeah, I enjoyed it. Um one of the things like basically my only nitpick was the I could have used a little bit like more motivation or like clarity on why Susie, I think. Yeah. Um yeah. Okay. Like, Minor yeah. spoilers. We'll get there. They okay. they they are they will come back to that. Okay, cool. Um so I'll I'll withdraw this, that yeah, for this now. Is but not, one yeah, thing this I, is not the last we've seen of Susie. Rad. So what the one thing that kind of has me interested is that I don't know, maybe it's just, like, a little bit of a rushed ending syndrome, but the fact that she's just, like, so quickly, like, Jack saying, like, hey, we have a spot open now, I'm not gonna erase your memory, like, do you want yeah. in? And it's just kind of yeah. like, Especially yeah. because Gwen is, is quite understandably freaking out when she couldn't remember any of this except recently, and then, like, she sees Susie, like, commit suicide in front of her, yeah, she's pretty freaked out by that. Yeah, so, like, I'm wondering, like, if there's any, and I expect there will be some follow-through of her thinking, like, huh, maybe I didn't think this as, like, well thought out as I could have. There's like, definitely some moments where she gets uh, shaken and is like, whoa, which generally leads into some dumb shit, but whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, so, so, solid episode. I was, I was entertained, um... Some stuff was, like, a little bit too over-the-top for me, but, like, most of it made sense. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see more. So, yeah, uh, next week, as I said, we will be covering two episodes alongside our uh, main coverage of The Runaway Bride. We will be covering episode two, day one, which is, I, I mean, I haven't rewatched it in a very long time, but I remember it being pretty cringe. Which I guess I guess I'll just mention this now. This series is like okay, we we're we're a Doctor Who but adult. Let's just get sex aliens out of the way in the second episode. <laughs> it's it's pretty cringe. Um, and then uh, series one episode three Ghost Machine, which I actually remember being pretty decent and one that skews a bit more towards the the darker and edgier vein. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll be covering those two next week. Um, until then, uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at B2TardisPod. Also, I remember that we have an email. So uh, I guess if you have something that you wanted to say about this episode or next week's episode, um, send it in to at b 2 uh, sorry, uh, not at, B2TardisPod at gmail.com and uh, I might read your uh, email on the show as like a little fan mail thing. 
Um, until then, uh, I am on. I'm Jeff. I am on Twitter at WheatleyDL, where I mainly post like music shit and uh, funny things I find while playing Final Fantasy XIV. Um, put me in a cyber suit. Call me Skylar Man. Um, don't do that. That's a terrible pun. Um, I'm Skylar. You can follow me at skyhigh9 underscore 5 on Twitter. I, right now I'm mostly posting political stuff, but I also am a Star Wars stan and Doctor Who stan. So, uh, give that a follow if you're into that type of thing. Yo, home dog, Avery, coming at you from, okay, so, I mean... Honestly, I would recommend you follow my other account because at BigFatPenis69 is mostly just to hold the ad at this point. I'm not that active on it. Uh, the real shit goes down on my system account at Feet Detector. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 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 Uh, yeah. Until then... Uh, we'll see you all next week with uh, The Runway Bride.